You're listening to Comedy Central. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Alfonso, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This week saw a major ruling for LGBTQ plus advocates all over America who were petrified that the Supreme Court would rule that the Civil Rights Act did not protect them, you know? And, 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 and this ruling came out and, and people really breathed a collective sigh of relief. As the president of the Human Rights Campaign, what did this ruling mean for you and what do you think it meant for everybody out there? This ruling is so incredibly significant. Work is central to our lives. Uh, there are so few of us who can afford not to work. And when we work, we're able to take care of ourselves. We're able to take care of our families. And to have the Supreme Court say that LGBTQ people are protected by federal civil rights laws is so significant because there are so many people that are fearful of coming out of work. They're fearful of telling their coworkers that they got married. They're fearful of just being themselves. So at its core, this decision provides a level of dignity to LGBTQ people. They have been fearful that the court would issue a different ruling, but we're really happy that the court stood on the side, the right side of history. If, if we look at the ruling though, a lot of people are worried that this now sets up a battle for people to try and claw back some of those oppressions of the LGBTQ community. Do you have any concerns about that? Do you think that there will now be a backlash? I don't, I don't. Uh, I, what I see this decision as is a reaffirmation of the rule of law. Here, we had 20 years of court decisions, 20 years of federal courts saying that LGBTQ people are indeed protected. And the court recognized those cases and said, we have to respect the rule of law. We have to respect stare decisis. And this is so important, particularly now, when we have someone in the White House who doesn't understand the rule of law. He doesn't understand stare decisis. He doesn't understand providing dignity to marginalized communities. So I don't have that fear. I think the court honored the rule of law. After this ruling, I mean, you know, whether it was religious leaders or just conservatives coming out saying, oh, well, this is an oppression of religious freedoms. Shouldn't a religious person be allowed to fire somebody from their job because they are gay or lesbian or trans or queer? And, and, and it, it seemed like it, it's setting America up for this conflict between your religious freedoms versus the freedom to not be discriminated against. I I think that's how they're framing it. But in fact, they already have that right. The religious groups and the individuals who are claiming this is going to result in the sky falling only need to look at other states that have had non-discrimination laws on their books for decades. 
New York is one of them. New York has had a non-discrimination statute for LGBTQ people for a long time, since 2002 with uh, Sanda, and it was recently amended to include gender. But the sky didn't fall. Religious institutions are still able to protect themselves. So the contention that uh, you need to create a new pro provision or new laws is just hollow. It doesn't ring true. And I know what they're doing. They're seeking to expand religious liberties. The law already provides for religious protections, and we don't need to expand it. This felt like a, you know, an, an invigorating win for so many people. But where does the fight go from here? Is, is it over? Was, was this it? <laughs> no, we are so far from, from being uh, reaching what I view as, how do we get to liberation? How do we get to a place where we're liberated as marginalized communities? My position is no marginalized community has achieved liberation in this country. And we have so many battles ahead of us. One is the Equality Act, is a piece of federal legislation that would provide protections to LGBTQ people in other facets of their lives. I'll give you one example, and many people are surprised at this, but if I get into an Uber or into a Lyft tonight, mm -hmm. there is no federal law that would protect me from discrimination, no, no statute that would protect me. The Equality Act provides that protection. The Equality Act, state law does, so if I live in New York, state law would protect me, but in right. most cases, there is no federal protection uh, that exists, and in some cases, no state law protection. 29 states in this country, 29, do not have comprehensive protections for LGBTQ mm -hmm. people. We also have to fight against violence for, trans, for the transgender community. This year alone, we've lost at least 15 members of the transgender community. They've been killed. Last year, 27. We have so much work to do, but I don't want to detract from this ruling. It's fantastic. It provides us with meaningful protections, but we have a lot of work to do. People said, well, if you, if you see from this ruling alone, if you work to create laws that protect black people's rights, because of where black people are in society, especially in America, those laws will protect and, and help so many other people that the law wasn't intended to help. Do you think that this helps to bridge a gap? Because we've seen that even within the LGBTQ community where, you know, some people have said, I'm black, and I'm gay, and I feel like these two worlds sometimes conflict because there isn't a camaraderie between them. Do you think this might be the bridge? This, I think this is one of the bridges. I agree. As we think about marginalized communities that are fighting to be treated equally, we're all driving in the same direction. We're all driving to make sure that we're respected under the Constitution. You know, when they say liberty and justice for all, when they talk about equal protection under the law, it's supposed to be equal, equal protection under the law. And unfortunately, we see that the application of the law is different depending on whether or not I'm gay, I'm black, I'm transgender, I'm Latinx. So our goal is the same, getting to that place of equality. And, and I think for, all, for far too long, um, our policies have been driven by fear. It's always driven by fear. Donald Trump is driving fear and division as opposed to driving policies of inclusion. How is it that if you protect me from discrimination, you are threatened? How is it that if I'm able to work openly as an LGBTQ person, it compromises the work environment? It doesn't. And that's why I think my liberty, my, my quest for liberation as a black man is intricately tied 
with my quest for liberation as a gay man. And I'm hopeful that more people see that. They see that as the LGBTQ community leaders, we stand on the shoulders of others who came before us. Mm. We stand on the shoulders of Martin Luther King, of Rosa Parks, of so many people, Fannie Lou Hamer, who fought and fought and fought to make sure that they were treated with the dignity that they deserve as black people. And they created constructs, they created foundations that we're now using to provide greater protections to LGBTQ people. Well, it's uh, been an amazing week. And as you say, one of the most monumental rulings in American history, especially for the LGBTQ community, but for everybody who believes in a just and fair society. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. And uh, I hope you found a way to pop quarantine champagne <laughs> to celebrate this moment in time. Tequila for me, tequila. Oh, well, there you have it. Alfonso, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, thank you. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.